God provide in so many ways. Terry and I could testify for a long time how God has provided for us early in our marriage and uh, we saved up and bought a bicycle so I could ride to work in a part-time job while I was finishing up college. Moved to seminary with $400 in our pocket, 22 hours away, God provided. In so many ways, God has provided. You think about it, that's the story of God. Amen. From God providing a sacrifice in the garden in Genesis, to God providing manna in the wilderness, to God providing a savior. God has provided. And sometimes he uses us to cooperate with him. Sometimes he just blesses us in ways that uh, we cannot begin to understand. But I want us to think about this morning how God has provided an opportunity for worship when we are giving. And if we're not careful, we will think, man, I love to worship. I love to sing. I love that song. I love this song. I like to fill in the note sheet, and I like to fellowship, and I like to get coffee on my way to Sunday school. I, I, I like all that kind of stuff. I wish we just didn't interrupt it with the offering. That's missing the whole point. That's missing the whole point. So we need to learn to be balanced when we think about giving because giving is worship and worship is giving. We, when we give, we are running counter to the culture because the culture is committed to materialism. This is how Webster defines materialism. It's a theory that physical matter is the only fundamental reality that the highest value or objectives lie in material well-being. So Jesus warned us about this, about how we view stuff, about how we view money. Uh, I wore today a set of cufflinks that uh, somebody gave me uh, when we were in Israel one time. This is actually a widow's mite. So I have two widow's mites to remind me today that God sees and God knows and God, God cares. You know, when, when Jesus was doing that, he was watching the offering. He was watching the offering. So today, when we give, and every, time, every Sunday when we give, it's not just that the ushers are taking up the offering. The Spirit of God is moving through the building to say, who is it that believes me? Who is it that trusts me? Who is it that thinks I will provide? And Jesus warned us several times, and the book of Hebrews warns us. Jesus said in Luke 12, 15, then he said to them, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. By the way, you can be poor and be greedy. Now, greed is not just rich people. You can be at any level and be greedy. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. 1 Timothy 3.3, 3, that we are to be free from the love of money. 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. Hebrews 13, 5, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. Now, why does God say that? Because money has every characteristic of a God. It demands attention, it demands loyalty, it demands time, and it demands energy. It demands of us that we give ourselves to it. 
So Jesus says you can't love God and mammon. You can't love God and money. Why? Because he's telling us that if we lose our focus on God and start focusing on material things, then we'll miss all that God wants to do in our lives. If it's about what I can get instead of what I can give, then at some point what I get becomes my God. And if I lose it, I lose my God. Now, the opposite of stream of materialism is asceticism. I don't want to have anything. Just be a monk, live in a hole, sell everything, and, and live off of nothing. So God wants us to see money in the right way. He expects us to invest in his kingdom. Peter H. Davis said, A biblical lifestyle will necessarily recognize itself as being in opposition to the prevailing values and lifestyle of the culture. It is informed by a different view of reality. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things are added to us. The second thing we need to remember, it's, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's not about you and it's not about me. God has called us to worship through giving, and giving is at its core a response to grace. That God has been gracious to us in giving us his son. For God so loved the world that he gave. So our desire needs to be to seek God's kingdom above everything else. To invest in God's kingdom. To expand the kingdom. To honor God. To lay up treasures in heaven. To hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now I want you to turn to, to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians 8. Because uh, these folks... Are models. I, I want to meet. I want to meet these people when I get to heaven. Uh, we're going to have streets of gold and gates of pearl and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but these are some of the. Everybody says, "I just want to sit down and meet the Apostle Paul. I just want to sit down and talk to Moses. After I meet Jesus, I want to sit down and talk to this prophet or that prophet. I want to meet these folks. These are people I'd like to get to know in eternity." 2 Corinthians 8, 1. Now, brethren, now he's writing to Corinth, which is a very prosperous church. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, these people are in trouble, they're hurting. In a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance... There's affliction and abundance in the same sentence. Their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. Do you see what he's saying here? Deep poverty, overflowing liberality. He's not saying, man, the people that had deep pockets went deep with God. He's saying these people were in deep poverty. And they overflowed with liberality. Paul is giving us a contrast to materialism and the way God wants us to think. In verse 3, For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability. Now here's what that means. It's just what Chad talked about a few minutes ago. It's not about trying to figure it out. Do I do it this year? Do I not do it this year? Did I do it two years? I take off a year. It's not about all this. These Macedonians are our model according to their ability. So that's reasoning 
Well, I can figure out that I can give $5 a month or $50 a month or $100 a month or $1,000 a month or, or whatever it is. That, that's reasoning and calculating. And all of us can figure out how to do that. But he says, according to their ability and beyond their ability, God, what do I need to trust you for? How do I need to trust you? I, I did a, I, I know what refresh cost us to do. And so I did a speaking engagement last year and they asked me what the honorarium was. And I don't have a set honorarium. I just say whatever God tells you to give, that's fine. And, but it's, this is what I told this particular church. If you will give to refresh, I'll come speak for you. Because I want you to invest in pastors who can't pay to come to a conference like that. You see, it's according to your ability and beyond your ability. We give out of, a, out of what God has given us. And they did beyond their ability. They gave of their own accord. Nobody was holding a gun to their head. Nobody was saying, if you don't give, we're going to tell everybody. They gave willingly, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. And this, not as we expected, this is the key, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Can you imagine these people in deep poverty and in affliction? They could have said, you know, now's not a good time. You know what I've discovered? The devil tells everybody now's not a good time. Uh, well, you know, we don't know if we're going to have a job tomorrow, so we probably shouldn't make a pledge. Well, God knows, and if he leads you to make a pledge and to make a gift, God knows where you are and what you need. Well, these are tough times. These are hard times. These are difficult times, and, and we don't know if we can, we can do that. Uh, we don't know what our economic future will be. Nobody knows that. Everybody speculates about what their economic future will be, but these believers were suffering, they were afflicted, they were persecuted, they were going through great trials, but I love what Linsky says in his commentary. He said, these believers made a great joy of robbing themselves. They made a great joy of robbing themselves. John MacArthur said, if you're double-minded about giving, then you're worried too much about your own needs. So we need to see the offering as an act of worship. Now, I, I love when Ken Bevel takes the offering. It's the only time we ever get an amen during the offering. I mean, it's when Ken takes the offering. Because he's going to stand here until you do it. So it just helps to cooperate early. But Ken always emphasizes when he takes the offering... You know, this is a part of our worship. This is a part of how we worship God. This is what we do. We're giving back to God. Offering is an act of worship. We have denied people a blessing by telling them that offering is just something we do to pay the bills. Offering is something we do because we're giving back to a God who has given to us who has blessed us, and we enjoy the benefits and the blessings of being a part of a church that has multiple ministries. You just saw the video. That's just a part of what we did this past year. First Chronicles 29, 14, All things come from you, and of your own have, you given, have we given you. Now, as I was studying this, I got to thinking about ancient Israel. They never came to the tabernacle. They never went to the temple without an offering. 
It, it could have been a bird, a, a sheep of grain, but they brought something of value and they left it there. And when you study the Old Testament and the gifts and the offerings and the sacrifices of the Jews in the Old Testament, there was a liquid that was poured out. That was a, there was an animal that was sacrificed. There was grain that was incinerated. These were ancient forms of money. And so they brought offerings. They're giving away of their possessions, their sacrificial acts of worship, their obedience in giving. They brought something and they put it on the altar. At the end of this hour, we're going to have the opportunity to lay our pledge cards on the altar to say, God, we're bringing something to you. Psalm 54 and verse 6, willingly I sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. Psalm 96 and verse 8, ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. It's an act of worship. We give up something of value to show how much we value God. There are in fact two times when God sees our true heart. There are two times when God sees our true heart. At the offering and at the invitation. And by the way, those are the two times that the average church member bows up at the offering and at the invitation. God sees our hearts when it's time for us to respond. Whether it's to respond to the gospel, whether it's to respond to a recommitment of our lives, whether it's to respond in an offering, whether it's to respond to laying a need at the altar before the Lord or to lay a gift in the plate before God, at the core the opportunities are for us to express our love for God. Giving then moves us from an obligation, I got to do this, to an act of worship. Worship is by its very nature the opposite of self-centeredness. It is the opposite of self-centeredness. If I'm truly worshiping, I am not caught up in myself. I'm caught up in who God is. I am lost in the wonder of who God is and what he has done for me. It's the opposite of self-centeredness. So whether it is in my singing or my response to the word or in the offering or at the invitation, I have a chance to respond to God. The story is told of a little girl that heard the mess a message from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And she didn't have any money. And so she took a piece of paper and she took a pencil and she wrote on it, I give myself. And she put it in the offering. That's really what God is asking of all of us, for us to give of ourselves. And so that when we give, our offering, our giving is worship. And our worship is giving of ourselves in whatever God asks of us to do because God is never unfair in his demands or his requirements. He's always fair, and he's always kind, and he always wants what is best for us. Would you pray with me? Now, I know we've talked a lot about money this morning, but 
Some of you need to give yourself to the Lord today. You need to respond to Christ today and give your heart and your life to him today. Maybe you've prayed to receive Christ in a conversation or an encounter with someone else. And today is the day when you make that public that you have followed Christ as your Lord and Savior. It may be that somewhere you watched an old Billy Graham broadcast or somebody gave you a track or your parents talked to you or your youth minister talked. Somebody talked to you and you said, I need that. I need to do that. Listen, more important than your money is your heart. Because if your heart is in the offering of yourself, then any other request of God is small. And so our men are going to be down here at the end of the aisles. And I want to ask you if today you need to trust Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Would, would you just get up from where you are right now and just say, just come down and find one of these men and say, I, I need to be saved today. I need to give myself to Jesus today. I need to give before anything else happens. Before I think about that pledge card or anything else, I need to give myself to Jesus today. Would you just step out? Would you just come right now saying, Lord, I'm yours. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I want you to save me and to change me. I want you to change my view of this world, of life, of what's important, of what's of value. I want you to change my heart today. You just step out and you come and you find one of these men. Christians, you're praying. Two people have already stepped out this morning. Some, some of you are worried about a message on giving, and two people came to want to know more about loving Jesus. We need to pray. There are people in this room that need to know that God is a giving God. He is a loving God. He is a sacrificing God. He gave the best he had, his one and only son so that we could have life in Christ anybody else that needs to come today you need to step out and just give your heart today to Jesus give your life today to Jesus anybody else father I thank you for the two that have responded this morning Lord we know we're going to baptize somebody in the next service already and i thank you that your spirit moves regardless of what is being preached on that you are the great provider you provide hope and forgiveness and grace and mercy for those that are lost and i pray that today as people have found new life and as we have the opportunity to obey you in giving I pray that today would be a day of great joy and great worship in the house of God.